1: Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code Just Baseball and you will get up to a $1,000. First bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUST BASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUST BASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York. York and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877 8 Hope and or text Hope and to 467 369 in New York. Call 1 800 Next Step in Arizona. Call 1 800 522 4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1 800 327 5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. Call 1 800 2707 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code GIST BASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today.
0: Bonds, it's just baseball show today is June 6th 2023 I've got Steven Strasburg the unfortunate news with that Jordan Walker recalled Andrew Abbott had his contract selected by Cincinnati Brian Wu got up and really struggled for the Mariners Uh, but Bobby Miller has been awesome in his first three MLB starts a lot of stuff that we're gonna hit on here Jack Aram Mr. Layton how we doing
2: Doing good. Uh, the, the the Heat evened up the NBA Finals. That's always great. I only watched the second half because I was on boyfriend duty for a concert that we were supposed to go a day earlier, and yep. then I totally botched the timing and I, I, had to, I had to pick your poison. So missed the first half of the NBA Finals, which I, I don't know if I ever if I ever thought I would ever do that in my life. Like I, I I didn't think that that would be a decision I'd ever make. Like if you asked me in the past, I would have said like. The girl can can just deal with it. But then the girl comes into your life and it's like, OK, it's amazing how you can actually just like if you love someone sacrifice, I sacrificed a half of the NBA finals for Young the Giant, Holy which I would God. never do in my entire life. So um, concert was cool. I was a little stressed out. I checked the score about every five seconds, but I unplugged for for some good songs. And then we hightailed it back for the fourth quarter. Um, saw some of the third quarter, most of the fourth. And then that that was the pizza hit. It was great. And I watched the Heat finish it out. So I feel good. I feel weird not watching the game that they won. And now I don't know if I should just like not watch because they won. Uh, but I'm going to game four, so I don't have a choice. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. But but I, ha- I had to like put that out there because I never in a million years that I ever think I would miss a half of my team in the NBA finals for a Young the Giant concert. Yeah, but you had a good time. I did have a good time. I will admit I had a good time. Unbelievable okay. performer by the way.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, Oh my gosh. Oh my so, gosh. It was really good. Time. Like I went in like not a fan much at all, like not against it, was very indifferent. Again, boyfriend duty.
0: Um unbelievable. Like actually fantastic performance. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. Um mm-hmm. real quick question, what does hightailing it look like in Manhattan? Ugh. You know, it was actually walking distance the the concert venue
2: from from my girlfriend Ellie's apartment. So, so like, jogging, it's like the good the good power walk. Yeah, the good power walk. Like, like you're got sweating when you sit. The there. arms were into it a little bit. You okay. know, one of those. Like the arms were were cranking. How did the hip feel? Dude, stiff as always. <laughs> stiff, as, especially just standing there the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah the, the hip. But but you know what? Like it's kind of a mind over matter thing at that point. I was like, the second I saw the Heat took the lead, uh, I was like, we kicked it into another gear. Yeah, no you you said pain is fake and you just
0: got after it. Um, yeah, pizza ordered on the way, all all taken care of. Yeah, boom. Two part reveal there too. Um, Aram love reveal and Aram emotion reveal. There, you yes, said both, both reveals, both both rare reveals. That's crazy. So yeah. I just needed to acknowledge that before moving on. We can talk baseball now if you want. Yeah. I'm excited that you're going to Game Four. Yeah, I'm very pumped about that. Um, and
2: also going to the Stanley Cup the next day. So I've got a, I've got a bender of a weekend, but I, I'm really pumped about that. Also pumped about John Singleton. And I wanted to start yes. with that real quick too, because I know that if we got into all the topics that I would have forgot to bring it up. Yeah. And John Singleton, you know, I, I put out a tweet of his timeline and I had no idea that it would get this kind of play. It was also part of the, th- this actually ties in crazily. Part of the reason why we missed the concert on Saturday was that I was running late and then had horrible time estimates, which are both things that I always do. But part of the reason why I was running late is I was w- making this John Singleton tweet timeline after I took a shower and it took me way longer than I thought. And I was like, okay, I'm already so deep into this, I need to just finish it. But John Singleton's timeline is so insane that it actually made me late. So uh, I'll just kind of walk through the high points of this. Uh, that was probably a no pun intended, uh, right. but give me the
0: oh. timeline. Yeah. Like run us through the timeline here. Cause okay, I you want the whole timeline. It, like, yeah. Cause I think it's like 60 to 90 okay. seconds and it, and it's worth it for this guy who I know yeah. that a lot of people, our age remember as the one guy to sign an extension that big before his yes. major league debut. So you and I are like contract nerds. And a reason yeah. why I've always
2: kind of been attached to like the John Singleton story is he was the first contract for a minor leaguer before ever making a big league appearance so the first you know all the pre-arb deals that we see now and uh you know it's still pretty rare to see a deal for an extension for a guy before he even steps foot on on you know a major league field but this was the first time we ever really saw it so singleton i'll give you the full timeline this guy was drafted in 2009 and now has returned to major league baseball in 2023 a lot of hurdles in between so june 2009 John Singleton is drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies in the eighth round out of high school. Very quickly, he looks like one of the steals of the draft. He just absolutely rakes, puts up big numbers at every stop. And by the time we get to 2011, he's named Baseball America's number 39 overall prospect in baseball. By July of 2011, he's packaged to the Astros in a deal for hunter pence remember this was the rebuilding astros phillies were trying to win at that time you get to september 2011 he's named the astros top prospect which that was a system that was getting really strong really quick so that was high praise to be the astros top prospect in 2011 by 2012 he tests positive for marijuana that's something that that players are no longer tested for and they it was a slap on the wrist the first time so you, you're okay if if you're if you're test positive the first time. Yeah. Then January 2013, he tests positive for marijuana a second time, which is a 50 game suspension. At that point, you know, it's kind of like, ah, oh, come on man, like, you know, don't do it again. It wasn't enough for the Astros to be deterred because by June 2014, the Astros signed John Singleton to a 5-year pre-arb deal that guarantees him $10 million and can escalate up to $35 million with plenty of team options in there. First extension ever signed by a player with no MLB experience. June 2014, so shortly after that extension is signed, he makes his MLB debut. He struggled. He wasn't good at all. Uh, He ends up getting optioned back down by the time the start of the season of 2015. He just starts the year in AAA after hitting 168 as a rookie. By November 2016, he clears outright waivers. So that means they want to clear up the 40-man spot, and he was so bad that they just said, hey, like, we're going to clear you off the 40 man and, and send you to double A. Nobody claimed him by January 2018. He fails a third drug test and is suspended a hundred games. And by May 2018, he's released by the Astros, which is, which is nuts. you think that's the part of, you know, where you retire, you get your 10 million saved up and hopefully you spend it wisely, invest it wisely and retire. Not John Singleton, April, 2020. He signs with, the Diablos Rojos del Mexico of the Mexican league yeah. and puts up great numbers there in December, 2021, he signs a minor league deal with the Brewers hits 24 home runs with an eight Oh nine OPS and triple a during the 2022 season. And on June 3rd,
0: John Singleton made his return to the big leagues with the Brewers. Pretty absurd story. Yeah. Super absurd story. Couple of things to fill in there. And you see it now you see guys clear outright waivers when They have a certain price point attached to them. So like a Miguel Andujar is in Indianapolis right now. Andujar is raking in triple, like 350. He got up, he struggled a little bit in Pittsburgh. The Oakland A's would take Miguel Andujar for the league minimum. Problem is, he's not making the league minimum. He's making above that. So that's why he cleared. They didn't want him at that price point. John Singleton, I'm sure another team would have taken a flyer at the league minimum. He wasn't doing that. He was getting his money, and that team would have to take him on. So that's why he cleared those waivers. That hiatus, he didn't play in affiliated or independent baseball from 2017 to 2021 in Mexico. Yeah. That's ridiculous. His ability to come back. And the thing is, I saw him last year in Nashville, 2022, and you mentioned the 809 OPS. Batting average kind of low, struck out a lot. But this dude was walking more than anybody in the international league. And like he was slugging enough. You mentioned the 24 pumps. He got better. 49 games in Nashville. This guy upped his batting average by about 50 points, upped his OBP by 11 points, dropped the K rate, upped the slug by 50 points. He was OPSing 870 when they called him up. This is like a worthy call up. And the swing looks great.
2: And, and you know, they, they optioned Luke Voigt. They looked at Singleton and said Singleton's a better option than Luke Voigt. So I, I think that's kind of telling. And the other thing is Nashville, I know the competition's going to be different, obviously, but Nashville's a much more difficult environment to hit in than, than you know, Milwaukee. So at least the environment, the power is going to play up. We'll see, you know, if he's able to, to match the competition. One last thing I want to fill in on Singleton. A lot of, you know, a lot of positive responses to this, to this timeline I put out. I mean, but when you get... 3 million impressions on a tweet. You're going to get a lot of assholes. Somebody's going to say he's a weed head. He should. Yeah, he's a weed head. He's a burnout or whatever. John Singleton opened up about this. And this is the last thing I want to mention here. And he, you know, he grew up in in California. uh, And he said, like, in the area that he grew up, pretty much 80% of the kids that he knew were smoking weed. It was all he knew around him. It became a coping mechanism for him at 14 years old. When that's a coping mechanism for you at 14, and then you're thrusted into professional baseball at 18, where you have all the stressors around you, you're traded for an all-star player. You you have a lot of pressures. You go up to the big leagues, you struggle. Uh, like there's a lot of moving parts here. And, and he talked about how, When he stopped smoking, he started leaning on alcohol to kind of fill the void, how he wasn't sleeping. Like there was a lot more to it. It's not just, Oh guy just couldn't stop smoking weed. Like there's more to it than that. And and he even called himself an addict in his own words. Could people assume, Oh, you can't be addicted. You can be addicted to anything. So I, I think Singleton's, you know, just a way the way he's been able to power back and get back into this and, and get himself back to the big leagues, I think is an incredible story. If you want to spin it off in any other way. You're just an asshole. Um, this is really cool. And I'm rooting for him. No matter what happens though, this is an unbelievable story. He could go over 20. He already got a hit, but he could yeah. go one for 20. And, you know, I think just the very fact that he got his way back there is really impressive.
0: Um, and, and, and I think it's a really cool story. He can be a legit piece for the Milwaukee Brewers moving okay. forward. Like they had a turnstile yeah, at that DH because Rowdy was playing first. They had Voigt as the DH. I mean, they've they've tried a bunch of guys as another power bat in the middle of that order, and nothing was really working. So that's when you turn to John Singleton. And if John Singleton can do that, he might play in a wild card game, man. In yeah. the year 2023, right. John Singleton could play in a playoff series. I'll nerd
2: out real quick. Eighty-seven percent zone contact is fantastic for a power yeah. guy. He chases seventeen percent of the time, yeah. and he's striking out less than twenty percent of the time. He never hits the ball on the ground. Thirty percent ground ball rate. Like he lifts, he walks. He can definitely be a, a
0: big league masher. hundred percent, man. hundred um, percent. And yet, yeah, like not to get on the on the weed thing like for too long, but. I mean you look in every clubhouse in Major League Baseball Minor League Baseball you've got people that smoke weed to decompress. Yeah. Oh. Like there's a reason they stop testing.
2: I, oh dude. Like it's and, and it's it's one of those things that's just like you look at America. Like yeah, like so, it's just so interesting to me like that like John Smith at his 9 to 5 is going to go home get high and then go on Twitter and say like, what a loser burnout. Like, it's just, it's just so weird to me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. He's a baseball
0: player. And it, and it has less, you know, lasting. It's, it's therapeutic for the guys that I've talked to. I'm not going to name any names, but like for the guys that I've talked to at several stops, you do how it, They can unplug for a little bit, you dude. unplug like, I, I mentally, but also physically. Think about the day to day. These guys are putting their bodies on the line every day. They're lifting yeah, yeah. every day. Think about the perpetual soreness that you have. If Got you have it. something to alleviate that soreness, that doesn't re- that doesn't painkillers pain are better. Painkillers pain are better. They should, they should or just go out and on a bender
2: and drink all the time, like our hero Mickey Mantle, drink yes. yourself to death. Like I well, just I don't get it. But <laughs> I go post that. on that stuff. But yeah, I'm pumped for Singleton and, and hopefully he can he can put up some numbers.
0: Yeah, staying on the Brewers here, they're getting Luis Urias and Willie Adamas back this week. Urias. Yeah pulled a hammy on opening day. Um, He is back for the first time since then. He looked good on a rehab. Willie Adamas was in, I guess, concussion protocol. He was on the seven-day concussion IL, uh, and he is back. This is that shot in the ass that the Brewers could really use here, especially Mm -hmm. with the Cardinals getting swept in Pittsburgh. And again, like nobody wants to win the National League Central. The Brewers lineup might want to win it now with these three guys in the fold. 100%
2: 100% I, that's exactly how I would have characterized it too is is you have a team that you know I, I think they've been playing fine all things considered you know that we would have not never expected the pitching to be this poor uh, you know out of the gate for them relatively speaking and you, you look at the offense like it's never going to be great. I think it's been better than we've expected overall, but now you get to add Willie Adamas into the board who has been struggling this year, but I think you expect Adamas to be better than an 84 WRC plus and, and Arias is going to help this offense for sure. Like uh, almost immediately compared to, to the other guys that have been getting at bats. If this doesn't get the brewers kind of kicking in gear, then I don't know what will, but I would say they're, they're playing decent ball right now. And this could be an opportunity for them to separate themselves i will say i want to tie it into the pirates though what a statement series from the pirates we're yeah. kind of waiting for them to to come down to earth and say oh yeah here we go they're starting to slow down and we're waiting for you know things to just normalize normalization in our mind would be pirates back down to you know the status quo cardinals back up to the status quo the pirates you know, it's still early but that pirates you know series to me says and eh, not so fast so for the Brewers there's an opportunity to really separate themselves. And if you have the Pirates chasing you, you feel better
0: than, oh shit, the Cardinals are on their way. For sure. And, and what I will say about the Pirates series is they got a combined six innings from their Friday and Saturday starter. Roansy Contreras threw four innings on Friday. Luis Ortiz threw two innings before a rain delay on Saturday. And they sweep St. Louis. Rich Hill got him into the seventh on Sunday. I posed this question to Peter at the end of the Monday show. I'll pose it to you now. Name me the relievers you want throwing the ninth inning before David Bednar. Because Bednar threw Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And he saved games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
2: There's not many. I mean, I would say Edwin Diaz, but you know, he's on the
0: shelf. So, so I said right now, like the the restraints that I hit right now. Um, I leaned class, A, yeah, Bautista. Joan Duran, who it was yeah. nuts. Um, and then Devin Williams was the conversation. Um, but Bednar is right there. And, and I, the- I think you and and if you put Bednar ahead of any of those guys, I I wouldn't be upset with it. Right, and the number that you point to here: twenty four innings, he's punched out thirty, he's walked one. That's
2: the thing. So some of these other guys, you know, maybe. Although right now, statistically, I don't think anyone's more dominant. You you could say over the last two seasons, some of these guys have been more consistent, whatever it may be, because Bednar kind of got run into the ground last year. And that's my only concern is it's out of his control. They use him so heavily. But that's part of what makes him so amazing to me is that I don't know if there's a reliever. I'd have to look at the the overall usage. I don't know how many more relievers get used more than David Bednar. This guy was going multi-inning saves. You just mentioned pitching like every day of the week, like this guy gets used like crazy and he always seems to rise to the occasion. Again, ran out of gas a little bit last year. I'm sure the pirates learned their lesson to a degree. I hope that they give him a little bit more of a breather this week. But yeah, I mean, I'd take Bednar up there with anybody right now. The combination of stuff plus command. I mean, those are those are the best relievers right now.
0: Yes, and that's been Class A. Like Class A has never really walked people since he's gone to Cleveland. Um, in terms of overall usage, I think Karen Chacks up there. Your boy Nardi is up there too. No, oh, dude, they will run Nardi in the ground too. I Nardi's awesome though. Andrew Nardi in the
2: Marlins has been spectacular. But yeah, they've been using that guy big time.
0: Yeah, but no, I'm with you with Bednar, and Bednar was dealing with a lower back issue, and I think there was a direct correlation between Ah. going like two and a third last year, but now he looks healthy and he's good. They were using him as legitimately like a swing man. A long man. It's like, don't do that. Yeah, just have him throw fireballs for an inning, and if you need him the next day, go ahead and do that. Especially
2: when you suck. Like, they sucked last year. I'd get it more now to try to stay afloat. Like, last year, like, I just didn't understand it. We need win number 55 in September. We need it. Uh, So, you talk about reinforcements, too. Uh, So, we'll talk about on the call up Henry Davis, a name that everyone who listens to this podcast will know because he's the number one overall pick. He gets brought up to Indy, uh, you know, and then you have Indy Rodriguez who's starting to really heat up after, you know, a little bit of a banged up start, slow start. They've got guys that can come up and make an impact. I think is probably first in line, but there's a non-zero chance you see Henry Davis called up in the second half of the year. There's other guys in Indy that I think like Indy is a very good, uh, Farm club, you know, for for the big league team. Like, there's a lot of different guys that if you need them, they can plug in and help. And I, you know, not every AAA team is like that.
0: The the way I buy in more to Ben Charrington every time I hear him talk is incredible. Like, I'm telling I, you, I every love it, GM man. show, I think he's really good at his job. And, and the mm-hmm. way that he kind of framed it was, they've got depth here. Like, they almost view India as big league depth, and obviously, exactly every. Every big league club views their AAA team as depth, but it's not as direct as this one. Like if they do need to dip into Indy to go get a shortstop, like Jared Triolo has proven that he can play a decent shortstop over there. They went to Paguero last year for a game. Pagaro still in Altoona. Like they can go to this kid that they just acquired from Tampa, Alika Williams, who knows how much he'll hit, but he can defend. Like yep. that's the thing. They're always thinking about the backup plan of the backup plan. And that's a really interesting facet here. One quick thing about Andy, he's got those sick Oakley like pit viper type things. You know those like one lens across? Oh, yeah. yeah, Peter will eat that up. So he he had me try them on pre game on Sunday. I looked like such a moron. Oh, dude, there's no way you can look normal with that. No, I looked like an idiot and he you looked have to, sick you have as hell. Like
2: Excel athletically to be able to wear those.
0: Yeah. So I handed them back to him. I was like, dude, never hand those to me hmm. again. So that was my endy uh, that was my ND interaction this weekend. I want to jump to some bad news here before we get to a lot of the young guys. Steven Strasburg, according to Jesse Doherty at the Washington Post, was shut down from all physical activity after severe nerve damage or I guess aggravation of the nerve damage that he already had. Yeah. Um, there's obviously worry in the Nats camp. I bet there has been worry for a long time, but this put concretely that he may never pitch again. Um it It unfortunately sounds like we might have seen the last pitch from Steven Strasberg, which is horrible, horrible. And it makes me really sad. I mean, it's like a weird i don't really
2: know like it, like I'm selfishly grappling with my feelings of it because, like I saw that last start, and I'm trying to decide if I'm like glad I saw it or not because I yeah. can't describe the feeling that I had that entire start. It was just like my my stomach just kind of churned because I, I wouldn't say that I could see the nerve damage never pitching again thing but what i saw on the mound was was a guy that i mean if he was if he wasn't steven Strasberg, there's no way he's on that mound it was upper 80s the stuff was not good it was just like and, and you know i can't imagine what it feels like for steven Strasberg, who once he I, I think you can make the legitimate case in the in the modern era there has not been a better pitching prospect in the draft than Steven Strasburg. So to be a guy that was sitting 100 and then to be, you know, giving it your best and, and, and barely touching 90 and just, just getting shellacked. Like it was really, it was really hard to watch. Um, and, And I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast about like just how professional he was post game and just, there weren't a lot of Nationals reporters there, you know, covering the game. It's Nationals Marlins last year. So, you know, the act, I was right there. And just like being able to just see how much he was just owning it and just being open and and just talking about his feelings and what his goals were and whatever, like it was really, really fascinating. It sucks. I'm really glad that he got his World Series, that he played a massive part in that and that he did have his success he has his generational wealth like there's there's a lot of things that you know he can lean on look back at and say you know what I did I did everything that most guys will ever dream of doing i think what makes this hard is that he was a generational talent and we didn't get to see the the 80th percentile outcome of that you know i think with how insane steven strasburg was i think this was his 50th percentile outcome was 100 million dollar pitcher who wins World Series and, you know, goes through stretches of of domination. But I really think this is just scraping the surface of what he could have been,
0: but I don't know if that's the, that's the right way to look at it at the same time. It's it's hard to think about it because, you know, you say 50th percentile. Like I almost think this is below 50 because you wanted to see him pitch into his late 30s and you wanted to see this guy get on that Hall of Fame track because he was that at at San Diego state as weird as that sounds, but these guys are few and far between. Everybody wants to talk about how generational Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens are. They're not Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg. They're nowhere close to what Harper and Strasburg were. Like it was the Pat Ewing lottery when the Nats won it back to back, right? Like you're jumping for joy. It's the Wemba Nyama thing. It's the Zion Williamson thing. Like you immediately sell season tickets. People were buying jerseys of these guys As soon as their name was announced, number one overall, I had a Bryce Harper Nats jersey before he made his professional debut in the minor leagues. Like my dad immediately ordered a jersey for eight-year-old Jack or nine-year-old Jack of Bryce Harper. That's who he was as a prospect. That's who Strasburg was as a prospect. Junior year at San Diego State, started 15 games. He was 13-1 and with a 1-3-2 ERA in 109 innings. He punched out 195. He walked 19. Nobody does that. He's one of the greatest college players of all time. All time. He flew through the minor leagues. I mean, I was gonna, that was going to be what I added. The minor league stats are comical. 2010, he like it was sub one everywhere. Straight to double.
2: Straight to double, which, you know, you see the best college arms do that. Go straight to double for five starts, 22 innings, a 1-6-4. He punches out 11 per nine. They send him straight to triple. Uh, and he makes six starts there, a one point oh eight ERA in thirty three innings. He strikes out ten point two six per nine, walks one point eight nine per nine, and gets a sixty six percent ground ball rate too. So this guy's punching out everybody, walking nobody, getting ground balls. Uh, th- he was fast tracked to the big leagues, and then he gets to the big leagues in twenty ten, and this was before he gets hurt really. So we-, we get to see a flash of of what this kid was going to be, and he gives you a two nine one in his first 12 starts with a 2.08 fifth. So the underlying were even better for the rookie 12 strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine in those 12 starts. And then of course ends up undergoing the Tommy John, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be a big deal or not. Yeah. At the time it was still, you know, 11, 12 years ago, Tommy John was a little bit bigger of a deal, Um, but he still comes back and ends up being great. He was on that innings limit. And that was the whole big story too. Like you're trying to make a playoff run and he's on an innings limit. What do we do? Blah, blah, blah. And, but he looked great. It was kind of all the other injuries that started to pile up that really started to wear him down. You see the velocity start to tick down, 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 down. I mean, if he never got hurt, and that's a, that's a story for a lot of different guys, mm-hmm. but if he never got hurt, he's sitting upper 90s to 100, and he's the best pitcher in baseball, I think, year after year after year. And he still found a way to be dominant without 100% of his stuff. And, and that's, that's the good part about this. You know, he gave us, he gave everybody some really good seasons. But again, yeah, I think it, you could say 40th percent outcome, uh, I think, would be even fair.
0: Yeah, there are. And, and that's still what? Three all-star games, a World Series MVP, a, like a ring. It's, it's a crazy. And, and a
2: $245 million contract, which, and, by the way, like, what were the Nationals thinking with that?
0: I mean, they were excited after, that came right after 2019, right? Yeah. Um, They saw Rendon walk, and they said, well, we got to grab our guy. We got to grab our hero, knowing that they probably weren't going to extend Scherzer in the coming years, and Harper had already left. Like, Trey wasn't going to be extended. They probably ID him as the one. I I don't agree that that was the guy that they should ID, but... I mean, I'm yeah. glad
2: they did. Like, I'm glad he got his bag. Like, again, nothing but a pro's pro. And not it's our money. Contract's not insured, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, it, which is nuts. Uh. But, you know, you see that 2019 season. And the craziest thing is after they pay him in 2019, 2020, he gives you five innings. 2021, he gives you 21 innings. And then that 2022 start, that's it. I mean, it's the worst contract in Major League Baseball history. Yes. And... For nothing of steven strasberg's control which really that, stinks I, that i'm just shocked that they gave him that deal like when they, yeah. he had that litany of, of arm issues but again like not our money i'm glad strasberg has something to show for it because yeah. you know, he didn't have that much to show up to that point it's just it's tough like what do you do you just retire like how does that work with the money like I, i'd almost feel like bad taking it at this point um but <laughs> severe
0: nerve damage it's you know, I I don't think we see him pitch again No, which just freaking sucks. And the last thing that I want to say about Strasburg, I don't know what his next plan of action is like, I'm not sure when a retirement comes or if he does try and make it back. And, you know, I, I hope that story is beautiful when it's written and, and I look forward to following it. I don't know when it'll be. Um, It may be a matter of years and not days, but he's already or months, but he's already, you know, 34 years old. It, it may be time for the next chapter. I we have no idea. Last thing I will say is there are three games that I will go back and watch like in full, and Strasburg has one of them, um, just because of the pitcher, right? Like we've talked about it. I'm pitching Dork. I love watching this stuff. Mark Burley's perfect game. Ton of bias there. Kerry Wood's twenty strikeout game. The way that curveball moved and the way that fastball jumped yeah. is fucking nuts. The other one is Steven Strasburg's Major League debut when seven innings punched out 14. The (laughs) fastball going nuts, the fastball hitting 100, the changeup at 89 being a high-speed changeup that nobody knew how to handle, and that curveball snapping like nobody's business. I mean, that's one of the most aesthetically pleasing pitching performances that we've had in the last two decades. So if you're looking for something to do, Steven Strasburg's Major League debut June 8th, 2010 against the Pirates, go watch it back.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you, like in terms of guys who have just plugged into the big leagues and instantly taken it by storm on the pitching front, I think Strasburg, I think Jose Fernandez. Yep. You know, in, in the modern era, you know, people talk about like Fernando Val- Valenzuela, they'll, they'll talk about there's a lot of guys that, you know, we can't really speak to as much that I've heard yeah. stories about that. I've seen clips of, but in, in our experience of of intently watching baseball. You know, I don't know, you know, Mark Pryor is probably one as well, but it wasn't as like electrifying. Like there's something about the way that that Strasburg did it, the way that Jose did it. And it also just weird how those are, I would say, two of them more like step onto onto the mound and instantly impact the game instantly veteran hitters fear you. And yeah. both of those stories and, and you know, pretty pretty tragically, obviously, one way more tragically than the other. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's – a, it's, it's a lot to, like, grapple with. Um, But, you know, I, I'm glad, again, that Strasburg's story has a lot more peaks, a lot more to look back on when he's 70, 80 years old and say, you know, I did that shit. There's things For that he can say, I did that shit. Things that you dream of since you were a kid, he did that shit. Did he do all of it? No, but he did a lot of it.
0: Yeah. No, and, I mean, even the guys that jump to my mind, it, like – hit the ground running right away in their big league career. I mean, they had some trials in like a short stand at the major league level to start. Like, I think Verlander had had a rough go of it for a couple of outings before he was, I think he won rookie of the year, but he had a little cameo the year before. Walker Buehler, same same thing, right? Yeah, they put him in the bullpen. (laughs) Yeah, like- Kershaw, I think, had a little blip and he was walking a bunch of people like very early and then he he dialed in.
2: They sent him back down, I think.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like those are the guys that jump out to me. Chris Sale started in the bullpen, too. Like, I don't know. There are names that come to mind, but nobody except for Strasburg and Jose Fernandez is the one that just jumps out and it's like Bryce Miller. (laughs) with his four and a half right now. Um, We can jump to Brian Wu off that. Wu has a similar fastball profile. Brian Wu was the corresponding move to Marco Gonzalez coming on the shelf with a forearm issue for Seattle. So they're dipping into into the pot of young arms again. They went there for Bryce Miller. Bryce looked awesome. He struggled recently, but he'll stay in the rotation. What do you do with Brian Wu? I think he went two innings, what, eight hits, seven earned.
2: Okay, so I made a video about Brian Wu just in the off chance that he shoved against yeah. the Rangers, which I didn't think he was going to do. And I mentioned that in the in the outro of the video of like where I was saying, this guy's going to be fun, you're going to enjoy him, um, and he's cut from a similar cloth of Bryce Miller. That said, what a shit draw to start your big league career. Because – those, the, like, the the Texas Rangers demolished fastballs. And it was, it was like so validating because I, I got ripped for it, not to make it about me, but like, I got so many replies, which is the worst. You just, you want to just give people information say, this guy's going to be good, but he has his first start, LOL, six earned runs, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, people like are like, right. who's here after he got smoked? Yeah, Yeah. He who's here <laughs> after he got smoked? So literally next start, Bryce Miller, same guy. You know, I, arguably better version of Lou got knocked around too. Like it, it just it was a horrible draw for him. To, to talk about Brian Wu, fastball is similar to Bryce Miller in terms of just used a shitload and unhittable. You look at the starts that he's made in Double in, in A so far this year. He was more dominant than Bryce Miller because his command is better. Fastball opponents hit a buck seventy-two against it in Double A. Tons of whiff. He releases from this low, like Scherzer attack angle that just really allows it to play up. And I think he's got a better feel for the secondaries than Miller does. But the thing that these two guys have in common is 60% fastball usage. So if, if guys are getting on top of that fastball, you're going to struggle. I'll say, though, like, yeah, he got teed off on in the start. He still got plenty of whiffs on the fastball. It's just the problem is it's the Texas Rangers. So you're not going to get away with as much, and you got to find that secondary pitch. It just wasn't there for him. The slider wasn't there as much, and, and he got hit hard. I'll say, though, if if the question is what's next for Brian Wu, give this guy more starts. I mean, what were you expecting when you called him up against the Texas freaking Rangers? Right. Like, of course, he's going to struggle a little bit. He got whiffs. I thought the stuff still looked pretty good. It wasn't like he was getting, you know, I, I don't think he was struggling command-wise too much. It was just... Good hitters, hit them. Like, it's just that
0: simple. Welcome to the big leagues. Well, And it's just, it's best offense in baseball, man. Like, they just put up 28 combined runs on Saturday and Sunday. Like, it doesn't matter who they were seeing. They could have seen McClanahan and Glass now and probably still would have won those two games just because they're that freaking good right now. Everybody's having an out-of-body experience at the moment with Texas. So, yeah, I think Brian Wu ran into a perfect storm of shit uh, yeah. last night which is just which,
2: he, he really only got beat by Semion and and Seeger Seager singled and doubled Semion doubled and singled and then you know you mix in a couple hits of like Jonah Hyman, and Ezekiel Duran and that that was really it like that that's how he got beat was three but... doubles
0: seven hits It it came in two innings, which like not a good recipe. We were talking about it with Bueller when we were doing four seams, and you know it's Joe Ryan. Like the Joe Ryan Scherzer attack angle is low, and that thing just you know it can take off from that place, and and the perception is just so unique, um, which is what you're hoping for with Brian Wu. This is a conversation that we're gonna have on the call up today. I think Um, guys that are so fastball dependent that come up like this. I mean, you, you run into, I guess, some, you know, some blips immediately. Um, Bryce Miller, obviously, like the fastball profile was good enough for him to thrive in his first couple of starts. But listen, big league hitters and the best hitters on the planet, no matter how good the metrics are, they can probably adjust if you're yes. so fastball reliant. That's why
2: I was really nervous. Like wh- when we go on like Peter streams and giving picks and like, like are you back in Bryce Miller? I'm like, I'm waiting for this shoe to drop. Not long term but I'm just waiting for a couple starts where the shoe dropped in And it kind of has, which because again, I would say, and I got to do a little bit more research on this and, and honestly pick, pick Walker's brain a little bit more on this. But from my experience on the fastball heavy guys, you can be dominant almost every single start. If you are pinpoint with it, you know, in, in the right spots, but big league hitters, man, like if you're a fastball heavy guy, those guys will get bombed when they're tugging it down a few balls, when yeah. you're tugging it down, like Mike Trout, we always talk about this. He will let you beat him with with high spin fastballs at the top of zone. If you locate three up there, he'll let you beat him. Yeah. But I dare you to locate three up there because if you tug it down two inches, it's gone. It's in the water. You know, so like that's that's the difference. And I looked at just a chart right now as we're talking. All of the, the extra base hits that Wu gave up were tugged middle. And in the minor leagues, you tug middle, it'll still you'll get away with it most of the time because of the yeah. life. Welcome to the big leagues. Again, I'm not worried. I still think Wu will be a good big league pitcher
0: yeah i mean these hitters are sharks man they are great white sharks and they just fucking wait for you to make a mistake and then they pounce bobby miller has not made many mistakes so far in his big league career and he looked awesome again on sunday night baseball bobby miller is like we've talked about him a lot right because this is overwhelming velocity he's got a couple of great secondary pitches he really has a four-pitch mix. I think he's still trying to yes. turn some of those pitches into something elite, but in his first three starts, it looks like that four-pitch mix can play right away and he looks like a great young arm for the LA Dodgers and maybe I, the great young arm for them. I'd argue five-pitch mix because
2: you have a four-seamer and the sinker too. And and it's funny, I um if you go back, this has been a guy that's been really tough for me to fully wrap my head around. Yeah. Uh, because the, the four-seamer gets hit harder than you'd think for a pitch that's 100 miles an hour. But again, he has a sinker working off of that, and then the slider is fantastic. The changeup's inconsistent, but shows potential. And then he mixes in a, that taste-breaking curveball. The The arsenal, and I think I've mentioned it in the write-up, is similar to, to Sandy Alcantara with the way that he's able to attack you. But I think he's still trying to feel out how he wants to attack hitters and the pitch usage, and I think the Dodgers have really helped him with that. Uh, but the fastball command is is really what stood out to me. You look at the the last three starts he's made, 74% strike rate on the four-seamer, 87% strike rate on the sinker. So on the fastball alone, he's landing it for a strike 78% of the time. So I, that's, that's going to set the tone. He mixes in the slider and the curve. Those have been a bit inconsistent, but when you're getting ahead in the count the way he is right now, it just sets you up for success. So, I mean, I'm I'm really impressed with Bobby Miller. The command, I think, the fastball command specifically, has opened up a lot of doors for him and has taken the pressure off the secondaries. I'm buying what we're seeing. I do think there's going to be some ebbs and flows. I do. Like, I think there's going to be spots where, where if the fastball command's not there, we're going to see him have a rough start. But so far, it's been there, and I think that's kind of the the starting point for him. Every single outing is how's the fastball command. That sets the tone because I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's polished enough, maybe down the line, but I don't think he's ever going to be that guy that's like spinning in the two breaking ball. And you're like, Whoa, you know, I, I, he doesn't have it quite like that yet, but the fastball is enough to set the tone and man,
0: did the Dodgers need him? Oh God, they needed him so bad. And, and what I will say about Miller is he is different than a lot of pitchers making their major league debut. A lot of pitchers making their big league debut especially if they're top prospects, they may be almost pressing and and nibbling. Like They're like, hey, I got to be perfect because I'm billed as such. And we saw his teammate, Gavin Stone, nibble a little bit in his first couple of starts. Actually, nibble a lot of it in his first couple of starts. We should have known that Bobby Miller was going to be confident and say, I'm a badass motherfucker. Like I'm going to rip this. This is the fit that he rolled up to Sunday Night Baseball with. Like I know I saw Walker quote tweet that dude, like, like that's the him. hardest fit. a couple of chains, ripped jeans, a neon Balenciaga shirt. Like, I I don't know. He's just popping off, man. Like he looks like a confident dude and, and watching him pitch. He pitches like a confident dude. And those are the guys that I buy immediate stock in to hit the ground running. Zone confidence is the name of the game. And, and you know, I think for Gavin Stone, he
2: had that last year. He lost it because his fastball is a tick down and the shape's a little diminished. And so when you have that feeling of like, oh, shit, my fastball's not, you know, going to get as many whiffs in the zone, you start to nibble. And that's the, the problem with Stone. Not a problem with Bobby Miller, especially because he's got the two variations. So even if guys are getting bad on ball a little bit more than he thought, okay, I'll go to the sinker, try to get on top of this 99-mile-an-hour turbo sinker. Good luck. And yeah. that's exactly what it's been. Bobby Miller's a big reason why this team's, you know, starting to really kind of kick it in gear and and has been successful. I still think that this Dodgers team is weaker than the others that we've seen in the past, but yeah. at the same time, they're still really damn good and the young guys are contributing. And we're going to talk about on the call up. They've got other guys on the way that Tulsa drillers, you know, rotation is unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks that Gavin stone hasn't you know risen to the occasion, but now you have Emmett Sheehan who looks like kind of that next Gavin stone type. Again, that was a question that we're going to get to on the call up mailbag, but yeah. look out for Emmett Sheehan. Who I think kind of has that same kind of stuff where it's like I'm gonna attack you and 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 I don't care. Like you try and hit it.
0: Yeah. Um, yes or no answer to this. And again, we're gonna dive way deeper in on our other show, The Call-Up. But um, do you think a guy in that Tulsa Drillers rotation makes his major league debut this year?
2: Yes. Okay. I would say yes. Um, I think there's there's variables. There's variables of is Ryan Pepiot healthy? I think you know. Obviously, you know he gets he gets the nod before that. You know how, how are some of the other guys looking health wise that that we know are are on the shelf right now? May and yeah. yeah. I, I think just by by the law of percentages, with how dominant every single one of those guys has been in the Tulsa Drillers rotation, one of them should get up. I think one will get traded, uh, but I would say Sheehan, the combination of stuff and command. And 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 I think the way that it will translate to the big leagues, I think Sheehan could be the guy that we see. I think a couple of the other drillers guys could it's be possible. guys that we see in the bullpen. And, like I think we could see him in the bullpen, like Kyle Hurt. But Jesus, that, that stuff is insane. You we think cop in the bullpen? Could we see cop in the bullpen? Could see cop in the like they've got a lot a lot of options in that bullpen. And remember, the Dodgers bullpen, they're waiting on a bunch of different guys that like flyer arm issues we'll see what happens which i liked that approach they Got like, like six of them <laughs> yeah. they've got six of like the most nasty relievers ever that are just you know on the shelf that may or may not come back to form if they don't then they've got their guys in the minors if they do then you know maybe we we don't see those guys in the minors make their debut uh because we've got what like Trinan we're waiting to come back and see uh they've yeah. got alex Reyes. Ray. yeah they've got <sighs> who else uh, they've got uh jp fire i think yeah like, Is they, they've Hudson got a lot of different dudes show? in the
0: fold yeah I mean, it's it's crazy, man. All right, couple more things before we go. I've got Jordan Walker being recalled. Andrew Abbott set for his big league debut on Monday. Real quick from Abbott because we're talking before it happens, but they're listening yeah, to it, which is great. I'm glad we're doing this again. I'm glad. We're, I'm. I'm sure I'm going to be absolutely wrong. Yeah, but like I don't know, the 30 second elevator pitch. How does Abbott throw against the Brewers on Monday night? So. Real quick before the elevator
2: pitch, because I, I do want to give our guys at the Just Fantasy show a plug as well. So Colby Olson text, texted me today, who hosted Just Fantasy show with Clay Snowden. By the way, if you're a fantasy baseball player, listen to that. I mean, they're, they're going to help you win your week every time with the strangers, with pickups, yeah. with trends, everything. It's great. They're doing an awesome job over there. But Colby texted me and said, how does Andrew Abbott do today? And I was like, dude, I'm out of the business of predict, predicting rookie debuts. Um, but, but that was one where I was like, I can see him having a good start. Because of you know just the way that his stuff works, but I could also see him running into a bit of trouble because the the long ball has been the one Achilles heel for him. You look at his last two starts, even specifically, he was great. Uh, but three home runs, his three earned runs, all three on solo shots. Like that's how he's going to get beat. Don't love that for a guy that's pitching a great American ballpark. What I do love is what is it? We got twenty four strikeouts in his last three starts, yeah, like, and that's against. Worcester, Syracuse, Jacksonville. Three pretty good lineups out there. His stuff is just continuing to get better. The fastball is ticked up. It's 93. The changeup is nasty. Um, and, and he's got this curveball that is just gross. I think with the four-pitch mix, with the improvement in fastball quality that we've seen kind of, you know, obviously not to the degree that it was with the tacked balls in Pensacola. Or I say Pensacola. In the Southern League. Yeah, But it's still really good. I think he's going to be an upgrade for them in the back end of that rotation. And I think he's going to be, you know, a low fours guy. It, it, he might start hotter than that. I think you know, by the time we look back at it, low fours guy, that helps the Reds and bringing up Peter's bet here, the future bet, like of, of him putting to win to like, it was plus 3000 on them to win the division, which I know you laughed at, but you know what, in the sake of the, the bet, it's it it definitely helps like this definitely makes the Cincinnati Reds better, even if he has growing pains. The Reds are better.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you, man. And I'm excited to watch Abbott, especially with Lodolo dealing with these injury issues. And, you know, with like the more intrigue in the rotation for the Reds, the better for me, because I know what's coming lineup wise with Ellie de la Cruz and Christian Encarnacion strand. Like yeah, it, and also just like I just don't need to see like Connor Overton, you know, like just, I'm good. I'd I'm good. Abbott develop or a yeah, like I I'd rather see Abbott, you know, face the fire that is the Milwaukee Brewers. Real quick on Jordan Walker, he got recalled over the weekend. He's up for good now. He he cannot go back to Memphis. I don't think. I think Jordan Walker's a big leaguer for the rest of the year. So do you think it was injuries that that
2: brought him back up, or do you think he like earned it?
0: Quote? I think it's probably the former which i vehemently disagree with i think that when you have a top prospect in baseball that guy should control his own timeline you should not alter your timeline for him based on what happens elsewhere you have enough organizational pieces um lucan baker is a guy that can have his contract selected if you feel like walker is not ready lucan baker was selected walker's ready too yeah I hope they frame it as he was ready he's here forever now
2: because I was going to say like he didn't look that good in triple when he went back down no
0: like he didn't look bad he didn't look good but he didn't dominate like you would yeah
2: which which I I understand not dominating after you're you're probably in your dome a little bit yeah you you're probably working on some things um but you know what did he have in that stretch I'm trying to pull it I think it's a 746 OPS in that stretch. That's not Jordan Walker. That's not top prospect, top five prospect, top four prospect in baseball, top three. Um, I think he can be a contributor for them, but I agree. Like keep this guy up there and let him continue to get at bats. But I could see if if he's not doing great, you know, if he's just doing okay, and they get their other guys back, they they could send him back down,
0: Jack. But they shouldn't like that, that fuckery, that tomfoolery with Jordan Walker which, is, which so is so frowned upon.
2: To, it's so backwards to me because you have a team that, that clutches onto their prospects, which yep. I can respect, right? Jo- part of the reason they were in on Soto, remember? Yeah. And, and, and the reports were we're not trading jo- Jordan Walker for Juan Soto. Okay. But then he better be a priority for you in terms of how you handle things. Yes. And you better be willing to fall on that sword of – even if he's your, your fucking nine-hitter like Zach Neto. Okay, he's my nine-hitter, but he's in the lineup pretty much every day. The Yankees with Anthony Volpe. You don't think that they kind of wish they had a better shortstop option right now? I know he's been playing a little bit better. Of course they do. Oswald Perez is raking in AAA. I'm sure it's crossed their mind like Peraza maybe might plug in and do a little bit better for us. But you committed to your young star – And you let him work through it. And if you have to suffer a little bit in the first half of the season, look, if we're in August and you're a few games out, okay, shake it up. Figure something else out. But this early, to me, we knew that that decision was panic. But I just think it's weird that when you clutch onto your prospects and you say, I'm not moving this guy for anybody, not Juan Soto, you better then
0: use them properly and handle them properly. Yes. So with cast them aside. With a guy like Walker, with how the Yankees are handling Volpe, with how the Angels are handling Neto, you see confidence bordering on stubbornness. Like, you can't move off of him. I want you to be stubborn with your blue-chip prospect. They're wavering. They've been wavering all year long. With Walker, with everybody, with Wilson Contreras, they're wavering. Show me some stubbornness, for crying out loud. One of the smartest organizations is questioning themselves.
2: And I think that's that's like that's the best way to boil it down, yeah. which is wild to me because it's like, was it the first round bounce that just has you overthinking everything? I will say this too: if you're not going to trade them, then like trade prospects. I, like this, this, almost makes me feel like they should look at it now and say, okay, maybe our prospects aren't as much of a slam dunk all the time. Like I think Jordan Walker's going to have a, a fulfilling and fantastic career, but if they're focused on the now, which they should be. Jordan Walker, you're not moving for anything in any world. That's a franchise cornerstone. But you look at a Mason win, you look at these other guys. If your window is right now to the point that you keep casting a, your main prospect back and forth, maybe you should be a little bit more okay with trading from some of your other top prospects to try to win now. Cause again, you're not getting any younger. Paul Goldschmidt, how many more seasons does he have like this in him? No one Arenado's coming back to life. He's going to be fine. Yeah. But like Again, how many more years do they have of this? So I, I, I'm this is the number one team I'm watching at the deadline. Number one team because they need to figure their own shit out, and I still don't think they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I. The question, like buyer or seller, this question is going to be impossible for St. Louis. Man. Impossible. Last thing, Bartolo Colon. Reports came out that he was retiring. Apparently, his agent said he's not retiring. What actually? Yeah, actually. I saw that in the rundown. I thought you like made a mistake or something. I no, you thought it was just a bit, like this is thirty. Yeah, I thought it was
2: a bit. Like I no. thought you were just gonna,
0: like geez. thirty seconds at the end of the pod. Like apparently Bartolo Colon isn't retiring. Dude, retire. Like just go stop working out. Stop but he already retired. Like that was the craziest part. Is like when they
2: said it was the classic, like I'm officially retiring, but like people are like, Oh, okay. And I love I love Bartolo on the field. I think he's fun. I think he's awesome. But, like, dude, like, what, what are we waiting for here? It, I guess he doesn't want to retire from professional baseball. He could go pitch in, like, the winter leagues or something. But you I can guess. retire and
0: still do that. It was fun. It, watching it all unfold on Saturday, June 3rd, 12.33 p.m. This is – I'm just plugging this from MLB Trade Rumors. Um, 12.33 p.m. Uh, Bartolo Colon is officially hanging up his glove, reports MLB insider Hector Gomez. At 4.17, Colon isn't retiring. MLB trade rumors has learned from the pitcher's agents at Wasserman.
2: (laughs) Then also Hector Gomez, the Mets will hold an official retirement ceremony for Colon on August 26th.
0: What's going on? What's happening right now? Uh,
2: this this guy's whole career has always been kind of a little bit of like a, a a shit show in in the best way possible. Yeah, I'll say this: like the interesting thing with Cologne is he hasn't pitched since 2018. So like, why are we even doing this? Like, is he going to drop a podcast or something soon? Like, is this like a a grab for like relevancy or attention? Would you is that why he drops like the the like doing the workouts every time? Like, I, I'm I'm. This is this is gonna be me being like just the cynical asshole, but like I'm kinda sick of Bartolo Cologne. Is that like a hot take? No, I'm kinda sick of I, it. Like I I think you saw my tweet about it, but I was just like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get the same highlights recycled of Bartolo again. Like, yeah, like yeah, it was a great show. I enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm I've had enough of the reruns. Yeah. Is, is there no. any anything else we gotta hit on? I don't think so. Um definitely look out for the call up. We're going to talk about that. Um, the So Rare League has been a lot of fun. So definitely click, click the link in our episode description to, to sign up for that. Um, we have new merch dropping. Very excited about that. We're waiting to get like good pictures of it, but definitely pumped about that. And I, I'm trying to think. We've got some other programming updates, things going on. I, I'm not totally sure. I'll have to to rehash some things I'll try to remember, but um, definitely excited about the Top 100 update coming soon. We're waiting on some backend stuff because we are doing some cool things to make our lists more, I would say, we'll be able to make top lists for everything. Now the blocks will be, uh, it's, it's nerdy. It's, it's in the, in the weeds, but just trust me, it'll look a lot cooler. It'll look a lot more navigable and it'll be a lot more fun. So look out for that for our brewers fans, top prospects in the brewer system coming out in the coming days, just baseball.com is humming on, on all cylinders. I wanted to thank everybody for really, I, I don't know how many of the listeners to the podcast, like read our articles, but we've had month over month over month, record setting page views, also record setting audio uh, listens for the podcast. And both are unbelievable. But there's something about the website that just blows my mind um, with with the amount of people that are that are going to the website. I'm really proud of what our writers are putting out there. They put a lot of time, a lot of research and and a lot of information into it. And and I really feel like for those that are out there that are not reading just baseball.com, like, you know, every morning or every couple of days, I promise you, you will come away. Like I'm learning things from the articles that I'm editing or reading from from our own website. So uh, if you're looking for a, a free option to continue to to read about every team in Major League Baseball, JustBaseball.com has got you. And we're continuing to get fortified and stronger uh, with our writers and, and who we're adding. And we're
0: really proud of that. Bias completely aside, the two sources for baseball journalism that I go to at this point are The Athletic and JustBaseball.com. Like those. I would say,
2: yeah, and then and and, and in terms of non paywall, I'll shower some praise to Pitcher list.
0: Yeah, maybe you love Pitcher love
2: list. Free, you know, they have Pitcher list plus, which you know, I I any anybody should have that option. we're we're gonna maybe unveil a plus at some point. Uh, but for free content, pitcher list, of course, the athletic's a gold standard worth the subscription uh but yeah I'm, I'm really proud of what we're able to do without a paywall and i uh, hope you guys can check that out and enjoy that and of course those listening i appreciate that and thank you so much call up mailbag all your prospect questions check
0: that out that'll be out today yep just baseball show is presented by bet mgm use code just baseball um for a risk free bet up to a thousand dollars you can bet with the king of sports books also uh new friends at homage we're gonna be rocking some of their shit um and i got our new monday friends uh, i gotta send this out to our friend at la so it's gonna be really fun and uh we're gonna be wearing some sweet shirts for them cool oh, yeah all right peter and Aram. tomorrow see you guys